Hey, what's going on? It's your boy Joe Thunder back once again with another episode of the Smoking Joe Thunder podcast. And we're on episode 1.5 million, if you don't fucking know, man. We're fucking everywhere hitting you with that hot Dylon fire. You know what I'm saying? But shout out real quick to our official sponsor, Be Good Dispensaries over there on 11 West Hampton. Or if you're up north, you can catch them on 120th across the highway from Boondocks. And like I said, we got another banger for you today. We're about to drop a lot of history, a lot of Denver history. And we're just going to talk about all kinds of random crazy shit. But we got Payer, the fucking Slayer, AE, Aliens Crew. What up, what up? Lancho, the man right next to Big Lancho. How y'all doing? Yeah. Good, good, man. Good, good, good. Kind of cold outside. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's warm. getting there. It's getting there. Trying to stay warm. Kind of cold for a pimp. Shit. Shit, it's getting hard out there. <laughs> Tell me about it, bro. Fucking Gatorades are $2. Yeah. Fucking trying to think what else. Everything I bought the other day from the store was like $5, bro. Damn. Like macaroni, $5. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> Mac- yeah. I macaroni? S- I swear. I just have SpaghettiOs right now. Spaghetti. Shows. I know. I hear you're the SpaghettiOs king or what. Is that yeah. true? Yeah. He loves his SpaghettiOs. I random cravings of SpaghettiOs. Why is that? Well, and then I've been kind of dieting lately. And On SpaghettiOs? They're, they're like less than 200 calories. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a healthy diet right there, SpaghettiOs, bro. It's a good snack. It's only 200. It's like almost 200 calories, bro. Like, that ain't, that ain't shit. And no. you carry a can with you or... I don't carry a can with me like it's like I'm, like, like, I'm, like I'm armed and dangerous with SpaghettiOs <laughs> well, and I shit. I say like you know how your dad would do back in the day have like a can of SpaghettiOs with the fucking army fucking can opener and shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? To put it on the fucking carburetor to heat yeah. up and shit. <laughs> I was on that nah, pot. I, I, I pulled over at a gas station and uh, the Maverick <laughs> Maverick keeps some stock if it, in case anyone wanted to uh, Like in a, in a microwavable one or what? The, the can. The old oh, school okay. cans. It's how do you heat that shit up do you cold? I don't bro. You eat that shit <laughs> Like some post-apocalyptic fucking shit right there, man. We went the other day, man. Like I didn't really take it serious, but I remember a a couple weeks ago at night, right? I think uh, right after we were painting the train or something like that, we were at a gas station looking for spaghettios and they were out. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. Oh yeah, you'll see it to that shit, bro. I'm like five years old forever. Shit, I'm gonna start keeping a case of spaghettios in the fucking whip in case you know what I mean. Yeah, you, you never know. You know, never I might know. he might have like a canvas or something. He might yeah. be feeding that bad where I can give him like five cans of. We're getting old, man. We're getting shit, old. You know what I mean? so, getting old. I'm stuck in my ways, though. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hey, well, shit, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, the show, yeah, man. yeah. Dude, no problem. No problem. Quick, this is your first time. You know, it ain't your well, first time. Actually, I did a couple of them yeah, before. Yeah, I yeah. think I think we were one of the first ones, the first guest yeah, actually, here. Yeah, we were the first first podcast we ever did. Yeah, yeah. What's up? I'm Payer, AE crew, Aliens crew, Denver, Colorado native. Right. You've been doing hip hop for a fucking long ass time, right? Shit, for a long time. I say uh, probably seventh grade. A little late, a little like summer, summer of seventh grade, I got into it. I was, we were uh, in a little gang, a little Northside gang, oh, me and my shit. buddies, but we were mad serious, bro. Y'all like, I look. Y'all go to Chubbies? Or yeah, what? yeah, but like, shit, man, back then, now that I look about, like, I look back, I'm like, fuck, we were sixth graders thinking we were hardcore or whatever. But anyway, uh, you know, starting seventh grade, I was just chilling, talking to one of my classmates, and he had a peace book, and, you know, he was drawing, and I was like, hey, wait, hey, you know, let me check that out. And, you know, from that, it's just got me man like i start looking at all the pieces and you know him him telling me the rules and who was whatever was that first book some Remember? homeboy named ick ick one he was some puerto rican cat at my school and he was from chicago okay so uh yeah so he he straight up introduced me to to graffiti and uh through that peace book and then after that i was just just hooked man 
for good. real. Yep. Been, but since then, it's been all about hip hop. You know. What what kind of other hip hop are you into? Because I'm sure you were into the music, the dance, and everything. You come from that generation where you did everything, then you figured out what you liked or what you were good at. Um. Well, you know, I say at that time it was just all around me. It was like the vibe. It was things around me. It was just that man. Like when I was got into graffiti was like my intro into the scene but as i ventured off into the scene because that night like um like it all happened one night like after being introduced to it at school or whatnot a couple months later we went to go hit a train and i didn't even know what i was about to do i didn't know what a train yard was you know what i mean no like idea. i just thought it, yeah so i was in seventh grade so we went uh we were probably four deep i was there with uh core two two rock couple other homeboys were they older than you they were older they were okay. older and then so we went we we're painting broad daylight we we're getting down and uh probably for a couple hours dude and i looked around and i saw these little four-wheelers coming our way and i'm like hey homie there comes some four-wheelers and he's like i'll just post up it's chill and i was like really and he goes yeah just as long as we don't go over the numbers we're chill and i was like all right cool before you know it we were fucking hemmed up by like a dozen people a dozen train police and workers or whatnot and they fucking just gave us a ticket and just let us go i mean this was back in the 90s right so we took a ride from that we went and walked through the east side because they released us this i was gonna say the, where were you guys at were you this the, is the big yard on washington in okay. in uh, up there off washington by and, mcdonald's yep yep that one right there okay. the big bnsf yard so after that night we went for a little walk or whatever after getting caught going through the east side or whatever we go to this place called the spot and it was an old boys and girls club or whatever spot, yep yeah. yep so so we went up in there it was probably around 11 that night man and we that got still open it was what? open god damn. and motherfuckers were break dancing people were painting downstairs all this whole it's scene was going down. on it was going down and i was like damn is this it is this the whole fucking the whole scene but yeah since then it's been on and cracking dude did you meet a lot of people that night yeah yeah no i seen uh who was it voice voice was painting a a uh, chicano piece it said chicano and it had a character on the side and but back then graffiti was way different than what it is now you know there was i mean voice was painting some i mean he's cool now you know i, I enjoy his shit but back then bro he was on some some good like wild style type shit you know what i mean some type of like some chicano shit right some pretty kind good. of well, like i said wild yep, style, yep. chicano shit. and i think uh i think uh emit was there he was doing one of his early pieces with like the moon craters and whatnot. So at that time, he was, he was the cat that came and uh, he had all these techniques and all these little fades and everything that we never seen before. And me being a beginner, that shit was like going to the moon. You know, I was like, God damn. You know, he was like the first alien type motherfucker that I ever met that right. was from out of this world. But yeah, with that and growing up with a lot of b boys and whatnot. So I was just right in the middle, you know? So I never broke, you know, never did any b-boying or anything, but I was always a big fan. Right. What was some of the first um, rap music that you listened to, that you heard? Uh, Spice One. Was it Fat the, Boys. Was it the Blue Tape? It was the Blue Tape. Uh, yep, Kid Sensation. For real. Huh? Yeah, I remember that. Remember that shit at bass. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Back in the day, bass was the shit. Remember? Sir oh, Mitchell yeah. yeah. Bass, Kiss Nemesis. Nemesis had bass. Even the e bass e tapes. E remember the bass tapes with nothing but bass? Yeah, Everlasting oh. bass. Some Magic Mike. Ron C, all that. She's throwing it back now with the mm. Ron C, oh. man. I remember all that shit. But that <laughs> shit was all around me, too, you know? Because a lot of my older relatives, they were just into... 
a lot of gangs or whatnot. But then I had some older relatives that were into breakdancing in the 80s. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, being around that, seeing them breakdancing when I was 11 or whatnot. And, uh, you know, I always was drawing it. You know, I was like attracted to it but not till seventh grade man getting into getting introduced to graffiti and you know being in, introduced to that whole lifestyle break dancing and right explain you said um hip-hop isn't the way it was back then what, what's the difference i mean kind of tell them what you see nowadays i think it's uh i think people ain't in ain't, uh, they're not in love with it anymore you know what I mean? Like uh-huh. even even it's like music. A, it's like a quick fix. Like instant even music success. now. Even with the music now, you see a lot of old hooks, a lot of recycle shit from back in the day. But they were doing that back in the day. Puffy was doing that shit. We still rock to it. But now I see fools saying an old verse. You know what I mean? Like oh, doing an old verse from somebody else. Yeah. And you know what I mean? That's and, a little too much. And that's the same shit with graffiti or what you know. It's it's like very watered down. And back in the day, you really had a lot of passion for it. You know what I'm saying? Like you really go do a spot and you push it to the limit now it seems like watered down just just in graffiti in general you know and everything just just in everything so like in just in hip-hop in general mm-hmm. i think i seen this on the one of the podcasts today we've been talking about it a little bit like back in the day like you had to go seek out hip-hop yeah you had to go get it like now it's all on your phone you don't have to do anything we're so underground you don't have to go see you know like if you want to see a cypher you'd have to go mm-hmm. to a cypher you know what i mean and see motherfuckers battle like exactly. now you can just go on your phone same with graffiti you know what yeah. i mean everything's right there so it's like way watered down like you mm-hmm. said you know what i mean well kids ain't trying you know even in the rap shit they're not trying to be something else be something different they're just trying to ride some some old shit some you know waves I mean? some waves so you know what i mean it's kind of watered down Hey, do you remember what of the, was? Pay, have you always written Payer, or what was the first couple names? Pale. Uh, my first name was Amon. Amon, how'd yeah. you come up with that shit? No, well, my first first name was Silent. Silent One. I was in seventh grade, you know, after meeting Homeboy and everything, and uh, I was Silent One. Went to Amon, A M I N, and then I wrote MT One for a bit. But when I wrote MT One, it was more on some bombing shit. Mm-hmm. I was kind of coming out my shower as far as just uh, being stuck on like just pieces and trains that's my first love in graffiti was the train i mean the train was like my second time ever painting was was on a train so that right there is like a whole different other level trains or whatnot like you could be doing you know highways downtown or whatever but trains is like its own little world it's its own little scene it's it's that's that's where it's at for me right and that's what got me good was doing a lot of trains at an early age it taught me uh it taught me like can't control. It taught me uh, uh, how to make something under pressure. Like I grew up uh, painting over rails and, and, and screws and all that, um, you know, and I find myself painting with somebody sometimes throughout, you know, my career where they're complaining about something on the wall, you know, like a ledge or a pipe. And I'm like, something in the way. Yeah. And I'm like, you're like, just deal with a little fucking pamsy. <laughs> Don't get him started. Yeah. So like trains kind of get you going, man. It, it's, you know that's my best advice for anybody that's getting into graffiti is paint a lot of trains it'll teach you the in and outs it'll teach you can't control it just it like humbles you do you have a favorite top two trains you like to paint uh, i'd say golden west was a good classic they're nice uh, fucking royal blue fucking flat train very low and it just it was great but they started taking them off the lines probably like 10 years ago or whatnot so that and probably any auto racks. I love auto racks. 
But now with the reefer trains and all them coming up, it's it's crazy now. But yeah, pretty much the Golden West is probably my number one. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever like painted like an auto rack and there's cars in there? Or do you kind of, st- I mean, <laughs> hardly, no, not really. Get, I mean, will they come back? Will that shit come back to like fucking blow up the shit? You know what I mean? Well, like it's all a business. Trains and the transporting system, it's, it's a business. They really don't care about too much of the vandalism but they do care of you the uh, cargo. painting the cargo and mm-hmm. and and with that it causes uh it causes attention to that spot because of insurance claims so you know they're they got to track back on uh, where the train was hit or whatnot because now you've got all these mercedes or whatever inside getting hit and now their insurance have to pay and the insurance are complaining to the trains about why they, why they don't have security so now the security has to figure out where they're slipping. So it's just a domino effect of blowing right. up the yard. But, you know, you got to have, you got to know your rules and uh, you got to have respect for a lot of those things and think common sense. But you know, that's what I was going to go into next. What are some of the rules of the yard that you don't do? Well, like it's just clean up after yourself, you know, um, don't just try to be a ghost dude like don't go over any numbers don't you know don't don't be tagging the area don't you know oh, yeah I, I was told that one time what the and, fuck you doing like hey <laughs> well because like that because a train line like uh like a layup or a yard or whatever is there for a certain business to paint a train like if you want to go tagging or go do some go you know go downtown go on the highway with that shit but that's for a certain business to be done and that's why a lot of old train riders are very uh very bold dude and very protective because shit, huh? well, because if that layup gets blown, there goes their whole fucking shit. You know what I mean? Like, you know, they don't like doing this or going out on the highways or doing whatever. Painting trains is their shit. So once you fuck up their their layup, you know, it's gone forever or whatever. You know, you wait five years like right now in Denver. I mean, there's layups that's been hot. You know, ten years ago, I could you know from. I mean, there's this layup down in denver where i remember dudes getting shot by the bull with uh bean bags and and crazy ass shit and now 10 years later people are painting that again and uh, you know me being old school i'm like traumatized like fuck that spot but right like nah it's chill so kind of goes in cycles yeah it's a cycle and it keeps moving you know so somebody with uh you know like myself that's been painting them from shit from like 97 from to, the get from the get it's always always changing it's hot then it's not it's uh-huh. it's whatever would you say you were taking you took graffiti seriously when you first started or did it take a minute for you to kind of get serious mm, i took it serious because i was always an artist since i was little so where were you drawing as little kids? Ninja Turtles, Lowriders, whatever. So like with that being said, it's uh it's just being Chicano. You know, like when you're Chicano, you take pride in a lot of things. You take pride in your family, you take pride in any work you do, you uh, any artwork, you know? So like I always had pride in my artwork even from a young kid. I would do a drawing and show my family that, you know, like show my mom or whatever and she would be like, "Oh, Hito, that is great, man. You 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 drew this so that just got me going she, i'm like she didn't encourage you right yeah 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 so so with that you know with that that was always my encouragement and then so in graffiti i take pride in my graffiti like i did uh, in my drawing of a lowrider in third grade you know what i mean and i mm-hmm. think it comes with our culture of, of 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 our pride you know we're very prideful people you know look at our lowriders and shit like that you know there's a lot of pride in the little things so right. so my graffiti it's uh it's no different you know 
Heck yeah. You had um you said you had a couple brothers, right? Yeah, yeah. And you said they were like in gangs and shit. What how did no. you steer away or Well I have cousins that were in gangs. My brothers are just good good kids, good gotcha. people, you know. I had my one of my brothers were into B boying. As I was getting into graffiti, he was getting into B boying. But yeah, no, it's a lot of my relatives, a lot of cousins. I have older cousins that were into gangs and had a I had a couple of them, two of them that were into breakdancing in the late nine in the in the late eighties. But uh, my mom kind of kept us in, inside, you know, drawing and, and things like that. Being so, creative. Yep. So it kept me, uh, it, it kept me balanced, you know, and kept me kind of safe, you know, like I knew my value and things. And so, yeah, you know, art, art, art will save your life. Hell yeah. Hey, would you say your kind of style, like, how would you describe your style, number one? And like, how did it evolve to what it is, you know what I mean, now? <clears throat> um... I don't know, dude. I like to flip around styles. I like to change it or whatever. I'm very organic. Mm -hmm. So with me, it's, I don't know, man. I'll, I'll just step up to a spot and if I'm feeling good, like the way I feel that day, that moment, um, like maybe, fuck, five minutes before I'm doing the train I, or, you know, painting, I realize what I'm going to do. You know, not till five minutes before it kind of clicks on what I'm going to do, but I like wild style. Wild style is my my shit i love it you know it's just very entertaining i mean taking a taking a letter and dissecting it by bars by bars and splitting it you know and uh, adding a t uh, extensions or whatnot it's and it, uh even wild style like a lot of west coast wild style um uh traits back from like chicano old chicano art you know old english all that it has pieces of our culture that makes this wild style piece so like if so like it's so entertaining to me and so stimulating that when I find myself doing something simple or whatever, uh, I don't have any love for it, dog, no passion. I'm like, ah, shit, this shit's boring. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Explain to me um, the difference between you painting a piece on the train and then doing like a black book piece. Because the first couple times you hit my black book up, mm -hmm. It was some crazy shit. It wasn't so, no letters or anything, but it was just some. Talk about it. You know what I'm talking about? Oh. Nah, well, like in the peace books, like I'll just, um, I don't know, dog. I'll get a little stone or something and I'll just zone out on a peace book for fucking like three hours and it gets a little bit, a little busy, a little whatever, but I'm just an artist all in general. You know what I mean? And, and uh, so with the peace book, I kind of. I'll get into some graffiti shit or just some art shit, you know what I mean? I'll just do a nice sketch for somebody. But that's that pride shit too. Like when I have somebody's peace book, I like to uh I like to like zone out, you know, and just mm -hmm. if it's some artsy shit or it's just some graffiti, it's whatever. But I think one of the first ones was like it was some factory. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, I remember that. Microphone. Yeah, yeah, some yeah. Fucking, you know, yeah. some crazy shit. Like, you know, like damn, you know what I mean? Well, like that's like um well, I like to keep it interesting, bro. And, uh, you know, with graffiti, graffiti is a small part of what I'm about in with my art. So if I'm not doing graffiti, I'm working on some art, some fine art, whatever, uh, uh, tattooing or, you know, just my whole life's wrapped around creating. And uh, so right now with graffiti, I'm just I'm just dancing, man. I'm just playing with it. I'm not taking it. You know, I I have a lot of passion. I do take it serious, but I'm not like. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not giving it my all with my graffiti. You know what I mean? I'm just right. fucking with layers and, 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 and textures and, you know, stretching it out, whatever. It's just, just keep it interesting. But, you know, I see some of these other guys around and, uh, 
I don't know, man. They take it so serious that they forget about having fun with it. And when right. you and when you don't have fun with it, um, um, it starts getting boring. You're not getting uh, you're not getting inspired with. You're it. not growing. You're not growing. And 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 it, there's a flip side because sometimes you get an ego, and with that ego comes uh, comes a learning disability because right. you feel like you did it all or you feel accepted already and that's like the difference like we were talking about earlier between the old and new mm-hmm. is now you know what i mean like people kind of get quick fame and they let it go of their head too right well you have the internet so like so with graffiti back in the day you really had to have love for it because you're not going to get a response over something you did the night before the next day you would have to wait months before somebody says yo i seen that train you did are your crewmates or something but now you do something and uh, the next day you'll get like 200 likes 300 likes so with that comes uh comes like a little bit of like i don't know sometimes you just it takes away that mystery of it you know but yeah the realness of it yeah the realness so like i'm very blessed to start graffiti at a time that i did very early t- early time i mean it was probably 95 that i started i was right. real young but you know, it kept me to be humble and keep trying. So that's why every year I'm at a new peak. Right. Like I'm not, I'm not running on E. I'm not like getting bored with it. I'm just, I'm just to tell you the truth, just starting. You know what I mean? Like as much as I've been growing and doing, I, I feel like I'm starting a new chapter next year. You know? Right. Like, every year's a new. Every chapter. year's a new chapter. You know, but uh, that comes with just finding a balance in it and not letting these. Uh, you know these likes get you or like the vanity you know vanity that's in graffiti and uh being accepted by others and and uh, writing behind that that shit gets old you got to do it for yourself uh-huh. you know you got to keep pushing for yourself that's how you last a little bit longer so when you were getting serious about graffiti you, there are a lot of cats in your generation that kind of like you know went on to do like great stuff and you know some hitters who how, who were you kind of meeting in, in those early years that you start running with Oh man, you know what? Like when I started, when I started really writing, uh, Core Two was an older writer. It was one of my buddies, old like one of his older brothers. So he just taught me the structure of things or whatnot. But uh, he also told me like what we could do. Like it was a, he taught me that graffiti was a great, uh, a great window to to art, you know, to whatever. But besides that, like. Just my homies that started tattooing or started painting cars or murals or things like that. I see them, what they did with the talent. I mean, things like that. But basically, graffiti is very humbling because you know what? There's not really a pot of gold at the end. We're like the only, we're one of the the last of the hardcore in the elements. You know what I mean? There ain't no record deal for us. There's nothing. It's just on that self-love of, of, of what you're doing is going to last. So like a lot of my homeboys in graffiti, a lot of them, didn't do too much with it you know mm-hmm. what i mean a lot but i'm of, saying like when did you like me coast like for example oh uh, that was an early age i mean i was around like uh, eighth grade ninth grade i mean i was going to school with a couple of homeboys we were in a crew a little local crew at the time and uh what was the name of that crew okw it was okay. it was some different heads back then it was a lot of and the older quick, cats that, a denver, denver? that was a that was a west denver crew west denver was west denver started crew, crew? okay we started at uh at Lake Alab- Lake Middle School, I believe, and it was started by I believe it was uh, Check and Coase, a guy named Check One and Coase. But anyway, so I'm going to school with a couple cats from OKW or whatnot, and then uh, we started chilling in the in the West Side, and uh, that's where I met Coaser. 
and then from there we just fucking all clicked up we're all in the same crew and we just we're just uh just painting man and did y'all like just kind of click right away or like how did y'all actually meet you said it was in, in school well it was through some kids i went to school with that we were, they were all in okw and i started painting with them and then uh you know we started i had an auntie that moved down off of alameda and sheridan down in west denver kind of right. and i would start visiting her over the summer and then i had some homeboys i'm to school with and then uh we just started clicking down there and then i was introduced to Coes, and we were just fucking having fun man painting doing a lot of uh runouts you know we we're doing a lot of fucking stilling and just you know but yeah we clicked up was okay dub like a bunch of youngsters and shit yeah i mean we were all youngsters at that time but it was first generation you know now like you know it's three generations deep or whatever right. i think but back then it was uh you know it was brand new shit. yeah it was brand new and when you say like runouts are you talking about like with paint with clothes or what kind of clothes shit clothes and paint clothes and paint but like back then it was it was on some yeah polo polos like the polos like the um like the official fucking clothing that's never going to go out of style the clothes like the official clothing of the hood is polo baller yeah, baller i would say we got like don kennedy wearing two polos striped polos air polos. maxes not fucking we had a yeah that not that walmart <laughs> polo with no u.s polo but <laughs> not, not to do choking the chicken, you know mm. what I mean? The rooster. Nah, but like back then, we were just running out the stores, man, and, and and we weren't always going in there like some cowboys. I mean, we would go in there like we're shopping, start stacking, and just and just walk right out, you know, with the alarms going off. And that too is another uh, step. I mean, it's another layer in graffiti. I I think growing up was shoplifting, and my friends around me they really uh, took that shit serious. And as I'm getting older. Uh, we always kept it around us, man. I, I mean, when I was in my early 20s, I uh, really got into boosting. Me, uh, Preach. You know, Preach was, was was one of the kings of boosting. I mean, that fool. Yeah, I mean, he... I was just telling you the other day I, about this one time I seen... Uh, <laughs> we're up at some sunglass place, and I'm at one side of the store doing some shopping, and Preach is in there, and uh, we all went together, but, you know, we go in at different times, and he's wearing, like, a Zach Morris wig, and he's just <laughs> acting like a white boy walking around, and he had all of these, um, he had probably three pairs of these Cartier glasses. They were probably, like, three, four racks and up, God, and yeah. he had uh, previously, a couple of weeks before, he had got a uh, key for the Cartier case, so here we are at the sunglass place and he had opened up the Cartier case and grabbed a couple pairs and this chick walks up, this chick that works there, oh, right. walks up behind him and says, hey, you know, do you need any help? And I'm watching from the corner and I'm like, oh shit. And he turns around with a big old smile and he's rapping to this chick and she's smiling and I'm watching him and he's sticking a pair of glasses up his sleeve and I'm seeing it and I'm like, holy fuck, this motherfucker is crazy, homie. Smooth. and. Yeah, so I'm just watching, making sure, you know, everything's okay, holding down the spot. And uh, <clears throat> and then for you know, he just walks out, man. He, he goes to his corner, does his little thing, and uh, walks right out. And I'm like, God damn, and we're in the car, and he's like, hey, always watch their eyes, see where they're looking. And I'm like, this chick was right across from me. He goes, yeah, but she wasn't looking at my hands, homie. I was making her laugh. Right. And I'm like, God damn. But yeah, I mean, boosting was a big part of our lifestyle what was your favorite thing to boost did you have a favorite thing or <clears throat> mm. 
I liked everything, man. We called it shopping. We would wake up. We had a couple of homeboys that, you know, we would keep around, and I would hit one of them up and say, hey, let's go shopping. And I could talk about this shit now. It's been, you know, ever so long, And but we used to have these Lizzie bags. <clears throat> you got to explain to him what that is real quick. Well, don't like, give it away, dog. I'm not going to give it too much yeah. away. It's just, it's just a shoplifting device that uh-huh. we would use with the shopping bags that we would get from a store and, you know, make it where, where their alarms don't go off, you know. Right. But, but, yeah. I mean, and, and, and when you're doing shit like that, it's about, like, how you keep yourself, how you hold yourself, uh, walking, walking in a place. Dress uh, the way you dress, dress the way you, you know, look. Well, yeah, you dress the way you look. You, you uh, get on your cell phone, you know. People don't like talking to people on their cell phones, you know, don't like bothering them. And... But you got to keep all your senses, homie. You know what I mean? You got to keep your sides to it, basically. Yeah. You got to walk the walk and talk the talk and be mm-hmm. confident and don't show no weaknesses, exactly, you know? Exactly. You know, like one thing kind of like with doing graffiti sometimes, you just play the part and you just act like you're supposed to be there and you act like you know exactly. what you do. You don't rush. You don't look suspect. You don't look left and right. You don't act like a fucking crack. You act like you're body supposed language. to be there. Bro. Body language. And that's a big thing about boosting is you got to act like you're supposed to be doing that. You, we ain't going in acting like some cowboys and, and, you know, running out all crazy. There's been times, <laughs> there's been times that we just, we like looked apart, you know, look like we belong, uh-huh. you know, get what we have to do and slide out the back door, you know, and sometimes the back door doesn't have an alarm and just slide right out. But it was all about controlling the situation. And that's another thing about the new school kids in graffiti is, is the whole, um, we're criminals, homie. You know, we're yeah, fucking criminals. Be low key. Don't be fucking blowing blowing yourself up on online. Don't be you know, just don't be just be a little bit like low key. That's that's not who they are though. Well, you know, it's a it's a new generation, homie, and you know, uh, they lack it's discipline. It's not even the new generation. This has been the last couple generations. Remember the first 48? Mm-hmm. I remember watching one where fucking the guys that smoked them were in a Cadillac with Texas plate. They go straight to the Facebook. Whoa. First picture, all three dudes on the Cadillac with Texas plates, <laughs> holding their guns. Or something. I think the laws are a little different nowadays, too. Yeah. Well, back then. So I just re- the corona. Yeah. A lot of people, like, it, it's a low-security crime yeah. now. So it's like, it's not like. They're not really caring any, anymore like they used to. I, I remember in Denver when they were cracking down on graffiti and they made uh, carrying any type of aerosol a uh, felony, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and graffiti, they were, and graffiti, uh, utility, or what they call graffiti it? utilities, U- and, and, they were, and yeah, and uh, they used to push it, you know, you would go do some jail time or whatnot, shit, yeah. but talk to detective Roy Ball, yeah, Roy Ball, and <laughs> go through that whole little spill, man, go do graffiti cleanup, snitch on your home, yeah. try to get you to snitch on your homies, Jeez. but the, but, but the thing with me is like, I knew I was a minor when I was mm-hmm. younger, I think I got caught doing graffiti at least like five, six times before I I turned 17 and I went in there with an attitude homie like I remember like like me and my mom being at the little you know thing in the judge I mean talking to the judge in court and I remember this one case the judge was like the judge was like uh was like you had like over 40 cans in your guys's trunk you know this and that and and, and he was like are you planning on stopping and I told him nah I'm not and I'm laughing at my yeah, homies behind yeah. me and my mom's pinching me she's like you motherfucker but I knew I was a minor, homie. They would send me to go do my graffiti cleanup, to go, you know, and 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 that's it, homie. Slap me with the ticket, and 
you know that was it so i knew my pros and my cons and i'm not afraid to go to jail you know what i'm saying it's just yeah. you know you get some kool-aid with no sugar a thick ass bologna sandwich it's it's cool it's not how they ain't hacking our hands off so in any crime that i do you always that i was doing you always do the pros and the cons you know what's gonna happen even till to this day you know we'll go rock a train or something and uh you know i was telling Shu. How sometimes, like, you know, some of the trains we've been getting, it's in a hot spot, homie. Like, they're in a hot spot. People see that shit, and they think we're out in the boondocks in the cornfield, but we're actually, like, like traffic lights are on that train, you know? But right. we're not blowing up the spot. But I'm just saying, like, just with our good senses, homie, we we could sense when the car's coming up that street, so we, you know, duck and hide. But, but at the end of the day, man, we make it safe. But we don't shake, homie. You know, like we're not scared because we've been doing this shit and we've been through so much shit where what we're doing is fun. And some of these new kids, they think what they're doing, you know, doing graffiti, they think it's the end of the world that they get caught. When really, it's not, homie. There's there's worse things you just could be ticket. doing. Yeah, it's just a ticket. So I so I put that pro and the cons together, and uh, you know, before we go get it, you know, and and it just helps the confidence. Right. Yeah. You know, I was gonna ask you about racking back then, or like not, you know, boosting compared to like mm. nowadays. Like, is it like nowadays you got to worry about a lot of cameras? You know what I mean? And then back then, like, you know what I mean? Well, like I said, you can't be no cowboys with the shit. And like when we were doing it, there's an art for it. And me and a lot of the homies that I was around were very. Uh, we have good senses, homie. Like we know when a cat's a. Uh, handshake don't match their smile you know things like that and we know how to listen to our uh, to what we call our g code our energy your you know intuitive your gut feeling and that plays a big role because you have to you have to be balanced you have to be able to read that person or whatever you know from this from the spot to the store or whatever so when i would go in and if there was any uh, cameras or whatever you find that weak spot every store has a weak spot it's a corner it's 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 somewhere you find that weak spot and you know where you're going to you know dump your shit but like a little funny story though is like uh shit probably like 10 years ago man it's been like you know at that time it's years since i boosted or whatever you know and so i'm at this art store homie and and fucking it was during uh during the holidays it was real packed and i'm there and i'm uh and i'm picking up some acrylics you know and i'm looking and they were like 21 dollars on me and i'm like god <laughs> damn like, so i'm in the pocket of the store where the acrylics are and there ain't no cameras right and i'm in this big old north face parka and i'm holding looking at this one homie like this this acrylic and i'm like damn 21 dollars for this motherfucker and before you know it homie before i even finished the thought i already put it in my pocket and before you know it bro i swear to god it was probably like 20 30 those motherfuckers already took in my pocket i'm just like, bam bam like muscle memory and i'm like oh shit and i walk out go to my store you know go inside my car and i'm like that was much easier and and i didn't have to wait in no lines or what, whatever but i was like damn and i was starting to think how that shit was a uh, was an addiction homie and even with preach man even even when he moved to san diego i remember him telling me like how he was schooling a lot of people down there with the boosting and everything because they met this homeboy from Denver and he was showing everybody he met like like who he was, homie. Like he could, uh, he'll take something right in front of you like he'll fuck, you know, like he was a gypsy, homie, and we were all gypsies. And and so when he moved to San Diego, there were stores that they were, I remember I visit preached the first year he moved to San Diego and he didn't know nobody. 
And we went and visited him, and he took me to this outdoor mall up in La Jolla. And, you know, we had a couple of our little bags or whatnot and other things, and he boosted so much shit out there, homie. He was doing walkouts at Home Depot. And, you know, let me mind you, out back then, bro, not a lot of people was doing that whole Home Depot shit. I think back then, to be honest, I was just, I think I was telling you this, too, the other day, how uh, I, I, I could say, like, Coles and Preach and them were probably some of the first ones, bro. I mean... I'm sure people walked out, you know, of the place, of course, like in the 90s or maybe in the 80s. But to make it a thing, uh, Preach and Co's, bro. Preach was like, Preach would wa- uh, fill up the whole carts and then put, you know, and, and, and just walk right out, man. It wasn't a thing back then, so it made it harder. Now it's a fad, man. Now, you know, everybody's walking out with buckets and, and whatever. But back then, when not too many people are doing it, it's kind of harder, homie, but... But there's one thing we always uh, told the little homies was, uh, you know, real fools do what they want and uh, the weak do what they can. Right. So when you're inside of a store, a yard or whatever, man, you you fucking think about how you're going to make it home safe and how you're going to take care of this shit. You All know, it's necessary. Yeah. But but that confidence is a big thing. And that's even in graffiti. You know what I mean? Like people don't even have the confidence to push themselves. Uh, some people just want to do what's in. But it takes a strong-minded, good, confident person to do something new. You, you don't know how it's going to be, how it's going to look, or what, you know. And uh, you know. And if I didn't have that confidence, I would be bored, homie. Like I wouldn't even be doing graffiti right now. I'm only doing graffiti right now because it's uh, because it's like a spiritual exercise for me. Stimulating your mind. It, it's, it's a very stimulating. You know, I don't pay attention to to the scene too much besides uh you know good good work you know i i like seeing a guy doing good work like some good graffiti out there but besides that all the gossip and who's who's cool who's biting all that shit i think that shit's lame homie and i think that goes along the same lines as uh of the whole vanity homie being accepted letting fools know that like oh i created that i'm the i'm the owner of that idea you know because that is a uh that is vanity taking over. You want to be accepted by other men, you know? So I I uh, never got into graffiti for that, you know? It's just a uh, very, you know, like you said, it's just a stimulating thing for me, you know? So so with something like that, man, when you do it just for the love, uh, uh, you're going to be irrelevant. You know what I mean? Like like I said before, every year is a new peak for me, and uh, I'm going to keep pushing myself. And if you're my homie and you painting with me, you're gonna feel that same energy and you're gonna be pushing yourself too. You know, so 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 like so when you see somebody with me rocking with me, you know that he's on one, that he's pushing himself too. Right. And and, and that's just the person I am and that's just what who I was brought up. All my homies, that's what we did. You know, we pushed each other, we were there for each other, we made sure we all had money in our pocket and 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 that's why we were a family that's why we were the ae mob you know and right. the mob wasn't just a word it was it was principle it was principle between brothers or crew or, or or whatever like you know like with the mafia had or whatever and 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 taking care of each other you know and that's a big part in uh that's missing in some of these uh new school graffiti crews i was gonna ask you i don't know if you mentioned but how did you actually meet preach uh, through a homeboy named Rocco. Uh, I met him, I think I was 20, 22, 21, and he was around 19, and he had a, he had a crew called Deaf Crew, and I think it was him, Omai. Omai was in his crew and, and a couple other cats, and uh, 
and I met him, man, and he was just so psyched to to have to have met me, you know, and to be homeboys with me. But you know, meeting him, he was just a hundred percent homie. He was down to paint, he was down to to boost. He just carried himself good, you know. So I don't know. R R I P preach though. For the for the people that don't know who preach, just kind of give them just like a little bit about preach because you were close with them, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh man, he was just he was uh he lived that you know that saying i said let the strong do what they want and the, and the rest do what they can he he actually lived that when i first met him he was a son of a preacher's man and uh and he was very like he was very noble he was very like straight up with you and he was just a good good guy he was just a good kid that loved graffiti but he didn't live underneath like people's expectations like he lived his own shit like he made his shit. Own rules yeah so so with him he was a man he was a champion bmx rider from from like 10 years old to like 17 and uh i mean he had probably over like 30 40 trophies of the bmx from being younger so he was all into that you know that type of culture so when i met him man he was doing graffiti he was you know he lived his whole life he was he was a good guy and we just we just clicked and then maybe a couple of years um, of of just painting with them and being crew with them, because uh, he wasn't always like a booster, booster either. Uh, there was this one time he needed to make some money for his card payment. So I told him about this Blockbuster thing. And he goes, what? And uh, so I took him to a Blockbuster and we had these little canvas bags that we would get from Michael's, the little, you know, hand, handy bags, whatever, the little yeah. handle. So anyway, I would go in there into Blockbuster and uh, we would start getting all these games. They would sell all these new Xbox games, PlayStation games, and I would rack them. I would place them on the back shelf and then uh, Preach would come in with the bag because I told him before, I go, hey, homie, I'm going to I'm going to show you how to make some money, you know, and, and whatever. And he was a, you know, he was smart, you know, but so anyway, so we're in the Blockbuster. I'm in there first. I'm making a little stack of all the good new release games and movies, putting them in the back shelf. And then I would, I would leave. I would leave and Preach would come in with the bag and he would, it was this regular canvas bag. And he would place all the shit in these two big bags and he would put them underneath his coat that he would carry on his arm. And at this time I'm outside and in Blockbuster, the exit doesn't have like the exit's different than the entrance like the right. entrance doesn't have an alarm but you can only open it from the outside so when he's making his way to to the entrance like you know a little bit off to the side you know waiting for a good time i'll come through the front open the door for him and he slides right out we go back to the pad we crack open those those little uh, cases and then it was, you know, we had some, you know, like my mom would slang a bunch of those at her job. So, like, we would make some <laughs> good money. So once I showed him that, it just sparked something. And he was very smart. He could see the, he could see the combos in, the in chases. The armor, Yeah, too. yeah. So, so, so he was always about that. He was like a gypsy and by blood, you know. So he, he knew. Um, so after that, I just opened up something before you know it. He was getting one step ahead, doing other things. He would come to my pad with all this gear, whatever. Then we just kept it going. And us as a crew at that time, we were, we were one of the biggest. I don't know if the first, but we were one of the biggest at the time doing all that boosting, that boosting life. Right. You know what I mean? But yeah, but, but anyway, he wasn't what we were talking about preaching who he was like. 
you know, he he lived life. Uh, uh, he was bigger than life. And I know a lot of people say that when someone passes away, they're right. always like, oh, he was bigger than life. And you never met somebody. But he was he was bigger than life, homie. There's so many stories of that fool, like so many stories of like just things he was pulling off or, or just putting yourself in a situation where we actually got away with it. You know, I'm like, God damn. But, you know, that's the way you got to live life. You know, if you ain't living life, then like that what the fuck you doing right and he had the city bombed up everywhere right? oh man yeah dude like i was shit man i remember this time dude like like one of the one of the heights of it was like him and Coz had every fucking billboard homie like crushed like there were probably was seven to eight billboards down i-25 and a couple down i-70 whatever on the way to golden that had not no like quick shit but but pieces you know, like they had double outlines, in outlines, four or five colors, wild style. And I remember taking a drive with him and uh, fuck, bro, going down the highway like, damn, homie, like we're we're it, homie. Like our homies, Coles, Breach, all of us, bro. Like we were we're the underachievers, homie. We're the underdogs, you know, and 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 and, and we came up. All these other fools around us, they never wanted to give us a chance or whatnot or, you know, but but we're the ones that proved them wrong, you know. And Coz, you know, there was a time back in the day they were saying uh, Coz wasn't a real bomber. You know what I mean? You, you know, and that shit sounds funny now, it's but crazy. it is crazy. But, you know, him himself is a Rocky Balboa uh, story, dog, because you know what? I went pound for pound every round, every year, homie, like doing shit that nobody could even fathom like how could you keep up with them and those are those are the people that i keep around me you know until to this day and 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 it's the people that ain't afraid to live life and 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 we're balanced people we ain't we're secured with ourselves you know we still we still feed each other help each other you know and and that's just that's the only way i know so uh so with that being said that's why it's hard to make you know to uh to make new friends, you know. I'm not saying I'm a bitter dude or whatever. I, you know, I'm very like, you know, just I can't a, trust shit no, just can't, homie. And no, people don't have no values, bro. They just want to use you till you. They can find the next motherfucker to take them to the next level. Well, that's another thing is people using you, you know, and, and they and want the next cheat code. That's it. That's that's it. So you, as a man, you have to realize that and your value, and 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 know when you do come across. Uh, like a little vampire, you know, you, you get these energy vampires or whatever, people that just want to use you, that don't care for you. Like, oh, and I think about that all the time. I think to myself, man, like, you know, I go like, you know, like if we weren't, if I wasn't good at what I do, would this guy be friendly to me? You know what I mean? Or I was even telling, uh, you know, just, I was even telling, uh, telling Shu, you know, like, you know, if he wasn't good at what he was doing and all the stuff he does, you know, um, as, his liability and his career, you know, with his career and everything, I go, would a lot of these fools love you, homie? You know, if you didn't, if you didn't have nothing to give them, you know, and that's something that that we have to do as men. That's as a new generation. That's that new generation, homie. You know, but but it's all good. I was gonna ask you, were you did you um, help create? AE mob or were you, was it already formed? It was already formed. I mean, I got put down by Preach and Yesco. Mm -hmm. uh, Yesco was a was a co-founder of AE. Was Yesco? And you know anything about the the starting of AE? Yeah. Um, well, all Preach told me was uh, they were in a crew called Def Crew D E F, 
and uh, one day they were just they were just just talking about you know starting a crew or whatnot and uh they came up with alter egos and alter ego being your other second nature of who you are like a superhero you know like like bruce wayne and batman or whatever so just that idea alone started sparking up a lot of inspiration and they're like fuck yeah let's do this and uh i believe the earliest members were i know the co-founders of preach yesco me uh Coles, and a couple other homeboys eight bit uh hot boy you know a couple you know there's a and then after that it, it stretched to you know uh scape you know a lot of other homeboys heiser 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 you know and and but yeah i think i was like the third or fourth one to be put down that's crazy did you did you were you, were you close to escape too or did you uh, did you know i mean i'm sure you knew you know what man being from denver dog like i mean when you're growing up in the same place like you have history with people in you know new or old like with scape i known him probably like i think i was in eighth grade you know he had a he was living up in uh, Federal Heights, Colorado, like down by Waterworld, Waterworld. by Waterworld. Saying, Waterworld. And uh, him and his brother, they used to chill with a couple other homeboys I knew, Karan and all of them. And uh, they were beatboxers, Karan. You know, they were all like little beatboxers and shit. He was a very gifted beatboxer. And then uh, they used to chill with my homeboy Lalo. And that was all eighth grade. So as I started my adventure into getting into more graffiti, uh, I would always run into Scape, you know, and 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 uh, from the early age till when he got put down with AE, you know. So we always had a like a like a friendship, and that's just being in the same place, you know, growing in the same place. You have history with a lot of a lot of people that are local. Yeah, because when you were growing up, like hip hop was a thing. Like you guys were having parties, and can you talk about all that stuff? Well, like well, like when I was when I was young, around eighth eighth grade, ninth grade with graffiti. I mean. One of my earliest memories, though, like just with the whole, I guess, the scene or whatever. Uh-huh. I remember, um, you know, we were all OKW. We were around like, I don't know, eighth grade, ninth grade. So we were around 15. And I remember they used to throw these uh, uh, hip hop parties called SOS. And they were a B-boy contest, you know, whatever. And at this time, they had them on Alameda, a couple blocks uh uh, east of Alameda and Federal. But anyway, I remember going there with my crew. We had to meet up on at the bus stop at the Avidale apartments. We used to catch the we used to catch the 30 and before before one of these hip hop jams. And I remember being there, homie, like around like five o'clock in the in the afternoon. And we would be there with like four other crews showing up. So there was probably like 40, 50 fools there, all with all with big old pants or whatever. And or you know it, homie, you had probably like 15, 20 people jumping on the side of the bus, like tagging on it, on the windows and scribing. Okay. And we were like, and then we would get on the bus and fools are just scribing and, and you know, scribing on the windows or whatnot. Like piece by piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. So the bus would drop us off on Alameda and Feds and we would walk, you know, with three other crews. So you have like 40 fucking, you know, 40, 30 dudes walking and, you know, to this hip hop jam and being in the jam, homie, like, just that whole feel of hip hop, um, you know, fools break dancing or whatnot, and you had you had all the graffiti guys in the back corner, and you know it was good energy, homie. I mean, b boying's good to watch, dog. I always like watching the battles or whatnot. One of the best mm-hmm. earlier battles was uh, 
was Art versus J Rock, homie. Was a was it was it was the highlight was one of the highlight in the B boy community out here. You know, mm-hmm. little Art being from GWT and little J Rock being from Alof, and that was a good good battle, homie. Like I remember seeing that at one of those jams. But anyway, the the graffiti game back there. You know, one of my earliest memories was being at that bus stop and seeing all of us just rock the side of that bus, homie. And and the crews that were getting, the crews that were around right there were um, were like a lot of a lot of federal federal crews, dog. A lot of federal crew, and that's the thing a lot with of Hispanic cats. Yeah, and that's the thing with the Denver hip hop is we had we always had like two sides, homie. You had the federal kids and the federal scene, and then you had a lot of downtown cats. You know, whatever. And and the federal kids, they were gladiators, homie. They were like, they were about that life, dog. If it was like banging or whatever, dog, like they were, they were, you were just running with other crews that were down to get it, you know. And the Denver cats, they were, you know, they were just, they were just down for hip hop, you know, which is fine. And, and, but, but at that time, we were just, we we're just about federal dog federal's in the highway homie like we were just hanging down off of the roofs and shit uh-huh. and and just doing your name and, and and you know and it was very hectic bro i mean you had you had federal being kind of a hot spot you had cops going up and down you had fools you know mobbing around and uh so it was gladiator school homie and anybody that stems from that area and that era uh, they're they're built a little different, homie. Like we don't cry, you know, and and we have good work ethic. Right. You know what I mean? Like we're down to get down, you know, and we're not crybabies. And then the thing about federal is you will get seen. Right? You will get seen, homie. I mean that's the biggest boulevard where we would cruise. You know that's where everybody's seen your shit. So back then, to have federal unlocked, and then you have all your gear unlocked. You were ready for the summer in single de Mayo, homie. You would you would get up just for single de Mayo. You know, I remember there's years Coes would would crush fucking federal uh-huh. before single de Mayo. And then we had our fits that we jacked and sometimes we would, you know, be in a G load or whatever. And we were just living it, homie. So when we're around these other cats that we meet, they would think some of the homies were bullies or they came off like assholes. And I'm like, hey, that's just we're just from another part of town, bro. You and know, graffiti writers, graffiti you know I mean? man. But we love graffiti, and uh, and the thing is though, and I didn't I didn't really realize till I got older, and uh, uh, man, like I remember, like you know, I started coming to me that a lot of my homies growing up in you know around that area, they were getting abused, bro, at home, you know, from their from from their brothers from the neighborhood getting beat up or whatever right and all they had was the graffiti you know because if not all they were doing was having boxing lessons at the at the boys and uh, girls club you know what i mean so graffiti filled that void of 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 love that they were lacking you know at home and that's why they were so dedicated to it because the love from our homies the love from peers Uh the love from from bitches on federal you know it, it filled that void so that's why you had these fools that 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 they weren't wearing backpacks. They weren't wearing their hat to the side. They were in polo with 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 Air Maxes packing straps. Right. Uh, but they love graffiti yet as much or more than any of these other hip hop kids, but they just don't look goofy, you know what I mean? But but there were yeah. there were young Chicanos from neighborhoods where all they had was their graffiti. And uh, you know, and 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 then so that's a big important part for it man and uh of graffiti is that it plays that void that we have you know and that's what people don't understand or we forget about hip-hop is that hip-hop was created 
for the poor, for the kids that didn't have nothing. You know, it was I was watching this thing about the history of it, about hip hop in general being started. The word came from a from a parade that was going on. And the DJ was like, hip hop, hip hop. And from there, they just called it hip hop. Right. But but it's much deeper than that, man. Like when you had these Puerto Rican kids and, and, and in the South Bronx and, you know. I want to ask you about that. So what do you, how do you feel like when they say like Hispanics or Latinos didn't have any part of actually hip hop? You know what I mean? Uh, no. You know what? <clears throat> um, I would say like the rap, yes. But rap wasn't the first element of hip hop to me. Well, you know what I mean? It was more like I say, I would say graffiti. DJing, graffiti, rapping, hip hop. Oh, wait, wait, my bad, my bad. I would say it would be, hold on, it would be graffiti, DJing, B Boys, then rap. Yeah. And rap, yeah, they, you know, B Boy, bro. 99% of it, they fucking, yeah, but as far as like it graffiti start, and hip hop and B Boying, there were Latinos there all day. It started, it started with Puerto Ricans. South South Bronx is where it started, and it was majority Puerto Ricans, and yeah. you had blacks and all that. But they're all together. They they started it. It was a and, minority and thing. Is, like you might know is when you're in the hood, you know it might be a Mexican hood, mm -hmm. but there's always one white boy in the hood. There's of always course, one black boy in the hood, and they're down with us, so they're like, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. You have your mix of everything. But but when you have back then, you gotta you gotta keep in mind. It was you know 1979, 1980. You have you know in these projects in South in the South Bronx. You had these kids that, that weren't going to art school. They weren't going to dance school. They didn't have nothing. And the worst, the most dangerous thing is a bored child. And, and, and when they introduced these elements that you don't got to go to art school, you don't got to go to dance school, pull out a piece of cardboard and you show these kids that have nothing doing some, some fucking amazing things on a piece of cardboard, spinning on their heads and fucking balancing themselves. Right. And then you had people taking household items from under their sink and go sneaking into the train yard to do something beautiful and 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 it was very dangerous you know what i mean so and they didn't give a fuck and and with with djing i mean balancing the breaks and you know MCing, being not just a poet but your take it's like a poet on steroids so it is an element for the underachievers for the have-nots that we can make something out of nothing because as much as they try to keep us right. down and and, and not offer uh, art school to these kids we found a way and that's something that we still keep in my heart in graffiti is is is, is showing love like to young kids i come across or you know whatever and there's tons of stories on me where like that i take with me and that's the um that's the love from the streets homie i could be at a store i remember this one time being at a paint store and uh, i heard someone call my name they're like payer and i and I turn around and it's just, you know, five young dudes, you know, I don't know who they are. And I'm like, what up, homies? And they're like, oh, it's, what's up, homie? And I don't know, you know, I don't, I'm myself. I don't really, you know, I don't get caught up in, you know, a lot of that. But they were just like, oh, man, it's you, homie. How you doing? And this and that. And I'm just like, ah, just buying some paint, this and that. And they're like, hey, you remember me? I met you when you were painting a couple of years ago. I go, ah, not really, dog, but how you doing? And they're like, hey, can you... uh you know, is it cool if you sketch up my book? I have it in the car. And I'm like, yeah, dude, absolutely. Homie, go get it. And I'm there waiting in line on the counter. Mm -hmm. And the cashier's watching this. So he has a big smile, you know, scene. And I'm just drawing in the shit. And I do a little wild style piece real quick. And he's just like, ah, damn, you just did that right there? Right now and then? I'm like, yeah, you know. And I, and I give him some good pointers, homie. I give him some, 
you know i'm very uh i don't judge nobody against me i don't i don't judge when somebody shows me something i give them my honest opinion and if i know the cat i'll let them know like hey homie what you're doing now with your shit it's great you know i'm being honest but anyway you know uh you know getting home and one of those you know one of those uh, one of his homeboys you know he had gave me a dm and he's like hey homie my homie really looks up to you dog thank you for being cool thank you for right. doing what you did and i go yeah because because what we're doing is for the have-nots you know and, and if i come across anybody you know it's not always race or whatever but if it's a young chicano or, or you know any you know black or whatever man and they're painting or or, or whatever i like to I like to say, you know, I push myself for you guys. You know, I like to do art. I like to do whatever I need to do. Like, uh, if it's my career, or whatever, I'm doing something, uh, making something out of nothing. And if I could do it, you could do it. And 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 it's weird because I say it's not a race thing, but there's other people in other cultures that don't want to show that love. You know, each one teach one and all that. Right. So that's they something keep I it to themselves. Well, that's one thing I learned is uh, there's no love for assholes, homie. There's no love for assholes. You know, and 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 if you can't sit there and be honest with somebody, or or, or even show somebody uh, share your power, then then you're a fucking scumbag. You know what I mean? Go in your room and uh, pet your cat. You know, and, and hang <laughs> out. But you're a scumbag. But it all relates to the start of hip hop, homie, for the underachievers, you know, and and I think, you know, there's, I think over time, man, I think, um, I think skateboarding's like a part of those elements. I yeah, think, no, for sure, for I sure. I think tattooing, I think with skateboarding, homie, like if you look at it and you give your kid a skateboard with wheels and he's spending so much time with it and he's doing all this shit, all with a piece of wood and wheels. That's a monk shit, and that goes along with spray paint. Like, imagine taking something underneath the sink and painting a masterpiece with it, and you get these motherfuckers paying 200 grand for art school and all this shit, and they couldn't do shit. And you have this kid that never went to art school, like like, like, like me, me, you know, shoo. You know, we, we never went to art school, whenever we did nothing, we didn't even finish fucking school, you know, but, 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 but we self-taught, you know, and that's the thing of turning up turning a negative into a positive like 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 you know that like i like like i said man like the real do what they want and the rest do what they can and so if i never went to art school i'm gonna um i'm gonna push myself on me teaching myself or whatever because i'm about art you know like graffiti being just one side of me man so you know i love art so i like showing love homie right Hey, have you always smoked weed? Yeah, remember, I think. You remember the first time you smoked weed? Fifth grade. Fifth grade. God uh, damn, you fifth sure. grade. I remember we we're down in the field, uh, and I was smoking with a couple of homeboys, and uh, we were in fifth grade, man. I came in, and uh, the lady at the recess, you know, the, the chick watching the kids during yeah. recess, blowing the whistle, homie, and I was so fucking. We were paranoid. We we're like, fuck, we gotta go back in. And I look back at it now, bro, and I'm like, fuck, I was like 11, bro. But anyway, we're putting cologne in our mouth, and I'm like spitting it out. <laughs> and like we go in, yeah. And then we go, and uh, we go right into dare class. I remember this time, we were in Jeez. dare class. And I'm sitting there, and I'm fucking high, dude. And I'm like, fuck. And I'm a little kid, bro, and we're singing the dare song, and I'm thinking, fuck, I'm going to get in trouble. But, you know, it's just, it just always been with me, dog, smoking weed since then, you know, and... Did you get high the first time? Obviously. Yeah. 
No, I, I don't really remember, dog, but I was high because I remember being paranoid in mm-hmm. the little dare class. <clears throat> but was it Reggie? Yeah, it was in Reggie. I, I didn't smoke no chronic until probably like ninth grade. You know, Kind Buds. It was called Kind Buds back then, that real sticky shit that would yep. stick to your wall. You know, but yeah, it was Reggie. Do you remember how you met um, Heiser and Lencho here? Lencho I didn't meet till like, fuck, five, ten years ago. But Heiser, I met Heiser the same time I met like Shu. And uh, Shu was like, uh, she was probably like 16, 17. And I remember that day uh, we were painting up an Aurora and it was me, Preach, and Rock. Aurora killers, huh? Yeah. Well, like, they, well, like us, we never used to go out there that much, but we went underneath the bridge up there and uh, we wanted to paint. And uh, we were painting me, Rocco, uh, Preach. And uh, I remember this little kid came, bro, with curly ass hair and big old shorts, bro. And, and, he, and he was just, he came up started rapping to Rocco and then we started talking to him or whatnot and uh, he went and got his book and came back and we drew in his book and everything talked to him and being real you know even even if I could remember correctly like she even remembering my homeboy Rocco giving him some straight advice on his on his stuff you know and and that that relates to uh is you know always be honest and showing love you know that's always been a part of my homeboy shit so anyway yeah, that, that little kid ended up being Shoe and, uh, you know, Heiser around the same time, we met him, and they were young, 17, 16 years old, and, uh, yeah, we always just, we always been fucking family, you know, like, we always, we always, you know, with TKO and AE and all that, we're all just the same group of friends, Co's, you know, so we're right. all, like, cousins, like, all, we're all family, so... You know, so so since then it's and that's who I'm rocking with now issue and it's the same thing we're family just pushing each other. You know, even right now we're getting ready to release a new chapter in our graffiti, you know, with some with some bigger bigger things, you know, that are coming up. Uh, some big productions or uh, Yeah, so some big some big spots some big coming shit. your way, some big <laughs> shit. I ain't gonna spoil it, but it's gonna be a new wave of shit. We're gonna bring back that old shit. We're gonna bring back you know how we were talking about how from the old to the new, but well, we're bringing back that old uh, Mike Tyson, Bo Jackson, fucking that Oscar Diahoya. You know when sports were really slapping in the face. Type yeah, shit. so we're so we're 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 putting that back into our graffiti, you know, and and yeah, but that's part of stepping it up. But anyway, I'm still rocking with with that little homeboy from that day, you know. So that's dope. And with Heiser, he just. Uh, he just connected to us. He he connected with us right away, and he became AE. And that was Preach's, that was Preach's little man, homie, you know? And even, even when Preach passed away, homie, like, um, you know, at his services, you know, uh, Heiser rolling in in a, in a wheelchair with wires in his chest and everything. Cause one thing about people that know about Heiser is, you know, dude, dude probably used uh, six of nine of his lives, homie. He's been on his deathbed. He's, he's, he's been on his deathbed a few times, you know? And, and, uh, so it's a very a blessing to have him still out here doing his thing, man. And that's and he's living life uh, strong. Do what they want. The weak do what they can. You know, I'm gonna keep saying that. I think that's the phrase for right. this. But you know, and that's AE, homie. And AE's, uh, you know, AE's. It's it's the way it's the way you hold yourself. Like I said, the the strong do what they want. And with Heiser, 
you know, he's definitely showing fools. That's A.E., you know, just by him being irrelevant and pushing it, you know, and he's just having fun. How and old is A.E.? How old is it? It started in, like, A.E. started in 2003, 2002, 2003. And, and um, yeah, but we're starting it past, i say, the last uh, three years we got back on the ball. You know, we all kind of grew, and we lost uh, four or five people. Yeah, that sucks, man. Yeah. Yeah, but it's all right. We're here. Yeah. I was going to say, the first time me and you met. I remember that like yesterday, too, homie. I was painting walls. a wall. The steel walls. Cause I was painting up at the steel walls. That's the little hood right there. Yep, and I stepped back, looked back, and I seen a homeboy in the van, and it was you. I didn't really <laughs> know. You stepped out. That shit. Yeah, and I was like, what up? And uh, you used to slang movies, homie, like bootlegged DVDs and all the good joints, all the new releases yep. and all shit. All that hot quality yeah, shit. Yeah, before you know it, you would... Uh, you started coming to my pad, homie, slinging my family movies, all that <laughs> shit. They, they couldn't wait till bro, Joe came. For real, for real, bro. I remember he came to the crib one time with the whole family. It was like Thanksgiving, bro. <laughs> and they all bought like 20 movies a piece, yeah. bro. Like, I was just like, Because they knew about like, that boost in life, homie. Like, they were already prepared that my homies, either, you know, they always came with some goods, you know. And you had your own shit that you were doing and no kind of like my little way in honestly because that shit got me like a, a fucking not that it got me a couple things but it got me you know what i mean yeah starting little things here but movie slang of movies or you know what i mean yeah i know exactly you're always on your hustle getting a, a, a logo from jer which yeah jer do shit for free yeah. but when i say i hook you with unlimited That's tight, homie. That's tight. <laughs> and he's like all right fuck it you know what i mean and the, and and what's cool too a little part of denver history that is kind of getting uh Stumpled on is that is that still wall i mean like that was a wall that i got around that year around 2008 you said all those walls open. well well the way that started homeboy was uh i wanted i found a pattern that always around my birthday homie like without planning it i'm always doing something big graffiti related art related i don't know what it is but but i start noticing the pattern that around my birthday i'm always jumping into a big project a big old big old piece homie roller piece whatever big one and uh this the, you know uh, uh, this one particular year i wanted to go I, w I wanted to flex something big so i called up a homeboy at the time this fool from the city you know uh from denver and i told him hey homeboy uh can i use your wall to paint your wall and he kind of had he kind of got lippy with me and, and he had a big ego because i guess there's a lot of tension between crews back then and their legal walls or whatever i don't know so so, you know, I hung up on him and he called me back and he goes, hey, homie, like, I'm sorry, this and that, but yeah, you could paint my wall. And I'm like, homie, you know, it's cool, dog, keep your wall. So I said to myself, damn, homie, we don't have somewhere where I could just go flex on a day off or when you want to do something. So that weekend, right. me and my homeboy Moses, rest in peace, he just passed away, but me and him went around and because he had the gift of the gab, you know, and we went around to some places I went around to that steel wall. I talked to I talked to the owner there, and you know I gave him a little rap, man. I always tell people that they're you know if they have some type of gang graffiti problem or whatever, I always tell them that um, you know they're uh, you know you can't control that graffiti. It's like AIDS, you know. You just got to learn how to work with it. There's no cure. So by me doing a little you know doing some pieces on there, doing some real nice, there's a mutual respect and it'll keep fools off your spot. So I told that to the first person up on the steel wall and he goes oh bet cool man we like you we like your energy go ahead and paint whatever you want so i rock something real nice the first time just to show them you know just to just to have their confidence in me 
and then I would paint that homie because in graffiti it's very important bro very important to have a spot to practice you know because the name of the game is to be good homie and and people want to be irrelevant they want to say oh I get up and that's good homie you got to do that too but be good good. you got to practice though homie like you got to you, you, you gotta, gotta practice makes perfect. Kind of <laughs> so, so having a legal wall like that is is a strong value in what we're doing, and I appreciated that because I didn't have it. So by getting that wall, I was like, bet. And I went down to Larmer up there on Thirty Fourth and Larmer, and at that time, well, right now that district is called the Rhino District, but back then it was the Wino District. Yeah, the Wino District. It's nothing but winos and one ways, you know, and and. So I liked that area at the time because it was so a bunch of like ran down warehouses and everything. And it reminds me of like where you would see some sick pieces and production. So so I went down and talked to this storage place on 34th and Larmer. And I gave the owner the same. Well, he was a manager. I gave him the whole spill, you know, the whole fucking AIDS. And, you know, you, it's graffiti's like AIDS. There's no cure. Just got to learn well, how to work exact, with it. That's exactly what you were saying. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so, so I told him that, too. And, and, you know, because it always makes them laugh a little bit. And they're like, all right, all right, I get you. Go ahead. So I painted that. And then I had got this other one in between there. And it's on, it's right off of 40th uh, block, uh, a, a block west of 40th. And still, I had got this other wall, too, that, that later, you know, we it got knocked down or whatever. But anyway, the steel wall and the Larmer wall from 2007 stayed irrelevant. They're my walls. You know, and I wasn't like, oh, they're mine, but you know, I went yeah. and got them and I was practicing. Them, yeah. So the first time I painted the Larmer wall, homie, I had just got down with uh, with Bear and them at the time with BTR with Reason and, and, and then Reason po- Reason was an old homeboy. Uh, and I connected with them and we painted that wall and uh, we did it real nice, bro, real nice, homie. We And uh, from there, it just stood irrelevant, homie. And, and even there, the shit I was doing on the Larmer wall, I would get all these business people they would go around and they're used to the winos and the one ways and the dirty shit or whatever and they would see what we were doing and they're like holy shit man i love what you guys are doing and you know are you down to paint my business i'm like sure i'll go paint uh, i think it was erica motorsport i painted their business and another business and this lady came she owned uh she owned a little grocery store homie on 29th it was now uh what bar was it uh cold crush or whatever it turned into yeah. cold crush but it was a actually it was a little grocery store owned by a, a Chicano family that was that was there since the 40s, and she came and asked if I wanted to paint it, you know, and and, and this and that. But anyway, so after painting a lot of those businesses, a lot of real estate, a lot of real estateers started recognizing the the change in the neighborhood, homie, the colors and shit, and that became uh, the art district after that. So kind of honestly, like you know, to say, yeah, you kind of, oh, kind of started, yeah, the Rhino District yeah. with the murals and shit. Oh yeah, absolutely. By hustling, you know the panadilla. The while showing, while 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 showing that, like showing, showing how you paint, you you paint shit pink and it looks good, and that's where the real estate people seen because now a bad neighborhood now looks safe there's color so they started throwing some money around and this and that but but at the time i wasn't really into the money it was just the love of 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 having walls i could get down so i didn't really follow the money on that trip i just uh, pursued it uh doing another career choice you know getting into uh tattooing and all that but uh no man i you know yeah you're you know i started that little art 
a little art district or whatever and uh but it all stemmed from just wanting a place to paint homie without having to uh ask somebody else homie and, and where i could be able to go bust a big piece go you know, do whatever you want do whatever much. i want homie and, and, and until to this day well, that Larmer wall just got knocked down, you know, last year. And it was running for, you know, I don't know, 13, 14 years. And then we have the steel wall. I mean, that shit's still rocking. How many yeah. times do you think that motherfucker's been painted? Uh, bro, the steel wall, shh, I don't know, probably eight times a week. I don't know, for like 12, 13 years. I don't even... Nah, it was probably longer than when. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, yeah. They were painted on the regular back then. Well, but... back then when I met you, it was just me. Yeah. And like the only reason why other people started painting that is because I lot I I started focusing on my career and I didn't have time to uh to uh, patrol my walls, keep it painted. You know, mm. if I keep good shit on there, and I'm very mutual with 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 uh, everybody in Denver. You know, I'm a mutual cat, so I have strong respect for my peers. So it was just me painting those walls. And uh, I actually learned all of that, how to support yourself and your graffiti crew from Menace. You know, Menace One being one of my OGs, uh, you know, he, he, he taught me about how to, how to run a crew, you know. And even though I wasn't running a crew, just staying irrelevant, I remember he had got a lot of these spots under bridges, uh, the Quebec walls, you know, off of I-70, all of those. Them. Yeah, I yeah. what's down there now. I mean, it's probably some... Probably some, probably some hobo sex, you know? I don't know. It's, it's no... But, uh, nah, homie, he had showed me, you know, he had got all these walls, all the all the train layups. that They were founded by him, man. Eagle Claw and all these other places, up Golden or whatever. They were, they were all they were all founded by him, by, by fucking Menace. So he told me how, you know, he taught me that, you know, we're we're graffiti crew, homie. And if you get a place for your crew to get down, some trains, some some wall spots, that's how you <clears throat> feed your crew, homie, so they can stay relevant because mm-hmm. practice makes perfect. And so, you know, I took his advice, got my own walls, you know, try to always keep my own train yards, get my own thing. And, 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 and uh, you know, and the rest was history with those walls. You know, it supported... A lot of people around town, you know, to be able to paint, you know, when their friends come in town or whatnot. But that's another thing, too, though, dog, is uh, with the whole street art shit, man. Like street art, street art, the birth of street art was in Mexico City. And when they talk about when they talk about Latinos and where we are in hip hop or whatever, homie, like like it's in our blood, bro. Like 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 those Congo drums that they used to play mm-hmm. while B-boys were breakdancing, that all comes from our culture. You know, and Mexico City started street art, dog. Like they started by the by the three greats, they call them. And one of them being Diego. And they're the ones that started street art back in the day when after the Mexican Revolution, they came back and they hired these artists to paint the walls of Mexico City. And, and to tell the story about what's going on and uh in the history books they say the real mexican revolution was art and was street art mm-hmm. and now when you go down to mexico city it's 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 big homie you see these cats humble not having too much but they fucking do some of the most beautiful crazy shit beautiful ever, you know, artwork see. homie they're graffiti writers all of that you know and and uh and it's it's in our blood, homie. Street art, art, you know, art, whatever. It's in our blood, bro. You know, so that's why we're doing the things we're doing because I can't fight it. Right. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Hey, well, check it out, man. We're gonna take a little break, take a little bathroom break, all that good stuff. When we come back, we're gonna talk about your career, and then we're gonna wrap it up, man. Yeah, yeah. We'll be right back. 
All right, and we're back. It's your boy Joe Thunder. We got Pear, AE, Mom, yeah, yeah, yeah. Aliens, yeah, yeah. Graffiti Artist, mm. Character. What would you call it? Not Character Artist, but you know, it's an artist. Artist. An artist. Tattoo Artist, you know what I'm saying? Ex Bullfighter. Expo, damn! Did you do that? So you you left Denver for a while. And you moved to San, San Diego, Diego, right? Well, I, I go to San Diego off and on. All right, is that where you picked up bullfighting? Uh, no, that was actually in uh, Mexico. Okay. Spain. I thought maybe it was in Globeville. Actually, it was Globeville. You know, behind the kind of Swansea Globeville, where right they have there the, the... with the house with the fence made out of uh, car doors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, Joe's pissed. <laughs> no, that's just funny. <laughs> how long has that been like that little behind the Swansea Rec Center? How long <clears throat> has that been going as far as being painted? Man, dude, for a long time, bro. I can't even, 15 years, 10, 20 More years. That, right? Yeah, yeah. In 20, 30 years. Damn. A long time. Swansea has its own little history, dog. Little underground history. That's like the last of the shady places in Denver <laughs> to go. It's it still ain't leaving nowhere. By I, the I would say Karma City, but that's no Karma City Denver. too. If you ever want to kiss your old lady where where it stinks, take her to Karma City. And the roads. No, the roads, man. Fuck. They ain't, but they ain't fucking with Karma City. They ain't changing it. They ain't redeveloping it. Fuck. You bro. got potholes. I don't know, dog. I mean, like I I kind of put gas there and fucking. Where the whole flea market used to be yeah. in the stadium or the the Elway's fucking arena football shit. Yeah, yeah. It's all being built into townhouses, bro. Yeah, well, they have that. It's called the Reunion. It's a new part. It's the new Karma City. The new Karma yeah. City. New, you know what's Well, back though? then, it used to be called Derby, Colorado. Derby before Karma City. It was Derby. Mm-hmm. And it was built on an old uh, 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 trash fields. So that's why the land's coming up. Right. Yeah. What is Carver City? Like, it's just a trash land. Oh, it's just trash. Land. <laughs> it's all industrial. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, you, you know, it's kind of funny. We're not supposed dog. to be living there. No, we're not supposed to be living in Carver City. Yeah. Is when I heard that they put put a cookies there, that kind of made me crack up. Yeah. It no did one did it? their research. Yeah, there's one right there on like it's fucking Quebec. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was uh, on uh, Broadway. Well, there's one there, there's but one I mean, they have one in Carver City, so it's like kind of the first one by the airport. You kind of see what I'm saying? But yeah, when I heard that, I was like, man, no one did really did their research there. Because <laughs> I get it, it's cheap, but that'd be the last place. Yeah. I put them by the airport. I put it in the airport. You know what I'm saying? I totaled, uh, I totaled one of my cars uh, in Karma City, just hit in a pothole. <laughs> Cracked my frame. Damn. Yeah. I did too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I totaled my Mercedes there. Uh, For real? Yeah. Well, while we were driving and he hit a little pothole or something and. Uh, Fucking airbags came out, dust flying around, or our arms are burning. I you thought I was it? dead. Yeah. <laughs> I was driving. <laughs> My insurance paid him out. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, I got some money from his insurance. Oh, damn. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it was crazy. But fuck Karma City. No. So, you said you it's moved to... trains. You moved to San Diego, and that's where you kind of picked up tattooing, right? Well, I picked up tattooing here. I just would go out there to work, mm-hmm. you know, to tattoo out there. So, I had a, I have friends out there and own shops or whatever, and... I had a uh, I had a shop up here in Colorado, oh, up in Thornton, uh, and the building caught fire, and uh, we were forced to close. So at that time, I had, had some friends in San Diego that was telling me over and over throughout that year to go work over there. So at that point, with the fire, I just picked up and left a month later, and oh, I went so you probably got there. a little bit of bread, and you were able to relocate. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I've been going out there 
And I love San Diego. I love it. There's some great art, great tattooing, graffiti. It's, it's pretty nice. What made you get into tattooing? Um, I always loved it, bro. I always loved it from when we were young kids, homie. Like, we were like the... We grew up on, like, tribal gear and all that, you know, in the early 90s and 90s. And tribal gear being, uh, you know, with with that company being responsible of putting Chicano tattooing on the map as far as, like, mainstream was done through tribal, you know, with Mr. Cartoon and Steve Soto, Carlos Torres, all these tattooers. I knew their names at, like, 14, 15 years old, you know, 15, 16. Mm-hmm. And just by watching old tribal gear videos and all that shit and knowing, and I always loved tattooing, but I just never really jumped into it, you know? I, I loved it or whatever, but, uh, you know, graffiti is a good, uh, if you let it, uh, graffiti is a good gateway into art, you know? It's a good gateway, but fortunately, surprisingly, a lot of graffiti writers can't draw or shit. Uh, they stay as slave to their name for all those years. They forget to... Uh, have fun and get into art and doing all that. So I was blessed to uh, to continue my art and, and let, allowing graffiti to open up doors of, of, of just more art, fine art and everything. So, uh, you know, I got into tattooing a little later. And, uh, you know, with that, I was kind of forced into it because uh, I was doing auto body at a young age. And then uh, I just... You know, came to a point, man, where uh, the company I worked for, they owned a lot of, they, they owed a lot of money to the state of Colorado with taxes or whatever. So they were, they were really hard on paying me all my money. They would pay me in, in they would pay me in lump sums. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that got old real quick. And after that, uh, after getting laid off, I was just like, you know, uh, 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 my homeboys hitting me up and they're like, Hey homie, why don't you start tattooing dog? You need to tattoo. And and i got into that and uh it's 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 great bro i mean it's it's and here it's we are what 10 15 years later uh, 10 years later you know so so but it's it's good man it's it's uh i'm a part of that wave in the tattoo industry of these graffiti writers and new age people getting into the tattoo scene and graffiti taught me a lot you know um taught me how to work with pressure taught, taught me how to make something out of nothing how, how to make it cool with a little bit of tricks or whatever yeah, and a little and, pizzazz yeah a little pizzazz so yeah it was it was uh in between it was it fell between the same guidelines on what i was doing anyway it's just same shit different pile you know what i mean like right so no yeah but i love it man it's great hey who are some of your influences as far as like graffiti wise and tattoo wise oh man <clears throat> i say graffiti for me uh at an early age would be like uh, Zodak, Zodak one, Mirror one, Catch, Catch one, um, but you know like Virus one and and all these fools. But uh, Zodak and Mirror and Catch were like some of my major like my main influences when I was younger, you know, and and uh, just the approach that Zodak would have on highlights and things like that, you know, and Mirror, you know, Mirror being a true street a graffiti artist you know a writer graffiti artist uh before it was called street art you know it was graffiti mm-hmm. art you know it was and and uh mirror but yeah no they were my biggest influence in tattooing man it's just so much homie tattooing is like the way i feel about graffiti like you know like um just all the inspiration you know everything but no with tattooing uh 
I don't know. There's so much influence in tattooing, homie. There's so much people out there that I look up to or whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's, it's 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 hard to say. What do you specialize in? Do you have anything you specialize in as far as tattooing? Mm, I like it? black and gray. I like biomechanical. Uh, I like textures and stuff like that. So I really getting into more into my biomechanical shit, more into like a payerism. And right. that's something that I'm stepping into with that this. like some Terminator shit, it sounds like. Bio. Yeah, yeah, like some Terminator shit, like, you know, just some shapes and, 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 and well, like biomechanical. It started with a with an old artist called uh, uh, H.R. Geiger, the guy who did Aliens and all that. Um, it stems from him, from his, uh, from his uh, memories of being born, uh, coming out the womb and in the womb. So his drawing style was what he could remember these these memories that were embedded in his brain and uh it was basically the birth of biomechanical with 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 him well more bio you know but yeah it's it's pretty good yeah that's dope i was gonna ask fuck you know what i'm saying what's the best burrito spot yeah, where's your favorite burrito spot in town? Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Viva Burrito, homie. Uh, <laughs> no, I heard about the fish heads, dog. Uh, I heard about the fish, and I want to know the story about the fish heads and the Viva Burrito. I just, there's really no story behind it. Like, I mean, I used to live fucking in Blairwood, fucking, I want to say apartments on fucking Pecos in 36. Yeah. And there's a Viva Burrito right there by the fucking. That's my spot. By the fucking army surplus. Yeah. And just, we would eat it. And then just one day, my homie was like, you know, they make fish heads out of that shit. Uh, so when I was a kid, they, they had this video up. they played on Channel 12 called Fish Heads. Yeah. Fish Heads, Fish Heads, Roly Poly Fish Heads. Yeah. And it was like a garden full of fish heads. Yeah. And I just had a bad fucking uh, no. fish head burrito one night, bro. And I never, I'm like that person where if that some shit fucking fucks with me that bad. Like I won't fuck with it again. Like uh, I love Panda Express, yeah, yeah. but that shit did me so dirty about three, four, five yeah, years ago. Geez. I haven't touched it since. And I thought about it like yeah. like recently. Like, damn, some orange chicken sounds good as fuck. Uh, and I was like, fuck no, I and I haven't been back since, bro. So. So Viva Burrito had fish heads? No, it's just it was just it's just uh, cheap food. So that's when cheap food is fish heads, bro. It's kind of like the correlation. Like it's not necessarily fish heads, but, but who knows what the fuck that shit is? The, but, but that's the way I feel about so like the term. Basically. But that's the way I feel about Chubby's, oh, homie. See, I love Chubby's. But fuck. see, no matter how many times <laughs> Chubby's will fuck somebody over, like you know, fuck us up, we'll go back. Right. We'll forget about that night. You know what I mean? And I ordered that shit. See, like, I, like I even went beers. to Viva. I even went to Viva, bro. I tried to give it another chance. Yeah. And I didn't get the steak burrito, but I got. I was like, you can't fuck up fucking breakfast burritos. No. Dude. And their breakfast burritos were like, oh, yeah, bad like, luck. They were like, eh, they are like a five. You know what, though? six, bro. Like, you know oh, what? Like, but there's a... Uh, I think they're pretty good. Yeah, there's there's tons of good burrito spots out there. You know, there's great man. There's there's good ones nowadays. But you know, Viva Burrito's nice and clean. Just cut. You know, not too much, not too crazy salsas or nothing. And I got a weak stomach, homie. If I eat, I can't be eating spicy shit, man. That's something I learned once I got once I got into my mid thirties, homie. Uh, uh, there's a lot of things I couldn't do, like eat cereal past midnight, dog. I'll start uh, getting gas, and I'm like, what the fuck's going on, oh, homie? Shit. Hot and uh, getting hot. Hot hot sauce, homie, will fuck my stomach up. So now I gotta be on my adult shit, homie. But Viva Brito, it's you know, homie Evan loves Viva, bro. Shout yeah, out, Evan. it's good. Yeah, shout out to Evan. <laughs> 
No, no, I love people burrito. What is like you're born and raised like in Denver? What is like a Denver food or like you know what I mean? Or what would be something or a place you would take someone from out of town? Chubbies. Um, you know what, man? We have some good food, dog. Would you like, take them to your mom's for some tamales? I would take them to my mom. Italian restaurant. I would take them to my mom, but I, there's some good Italian places, some good like good Midwest, good ass like uh, Mexican places with good green, some great green chili, you know, all that. But you know, Colorado, we have some good food, bro. And as much as I, the the more I travel, the more I realize that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember living in San Diego. It took me. A, I went on a mission looking for a smothered burrito, homie. Oh, like I went to a place and I was finding that shit. And I was like, "Can I have a smothered burrito?" And they look at me like what? I farted or something, and they're like all puzzled, like what? And I'm like, "So we got to the to." We got to it. It's called a wet burrito, and it's pretty much like some salsa on the burrito. But it's I'm not like, even like the way it is here. Nah, so, so, but, but with Denver dog, like we have some great steaks, country fried steaks. I mean, you know, like I like, I like eating seafood close to the ocean, and I like eating a steak where it smells like cow shit in that town. You know what I mean? Like it's it's really? good shit. You know, and 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 they got the bomb steak. We got the, yeah, they have to dog. I smell that shit from here, homie. But <laughs> but we have some good food, dog. Like I think right we have next to Nebraska too. Yeah, I mean we have some good like some of that Midwest fucking good steak houses and you know good country fried steak and. What um, about the weed though? Because you've been in Cali and you've been here. Who has the better weed? Ah, uh, bro. You know, we have some good weed, and. Uh-oh. But the difference that I, the difference that I known between the places is just getting high, sea level, and I would be in San Diego and I'll be smoking so much and I'm like, damn, homie, I'm used to getting plastered. I'm, you know, getting to where I can't leave my couch, homie, where you feel like fuck, and I would and I would keep smoking and smoking when I was living in San Diego and I'm like, it's like I'm chasing that high, homie, and then my homie's like, well, you know where you where where you're from, homie, you're a mile high, dog, like. You know, you get drunk a little bit harder. You get, you know, you get high a little easier. He goes down here we're in sea level, dog. So it's a little different. But uh, the I like Colorado, homie. Like it's just some good weed up here. All right. Hey, if you were stranded on the island, what three CDs would you take, bro? Fuck. Uh, Red Man, Muddy Waters. Because there ain't that you know there ain't that many reasons to skip you know on that. That's one of my favorite CDs. Uh, fuck, dude, so many, bro. Uh, I uh, maybe that that Machiavelli, you know, and uh, shit. Maybe that Nas it was written, you know, that was a good good city, or maybe some Big Pun. I'm not sure. No, for sure, for I just, sure. I guess I'll probably just take a mixtape on me. Maybe like, you know, some DJ fl- Funk Flex or something. That's what I say. With, with Have DJ. all of it in one. Not, you know, I be talking to people and they don't really know a lot about like like DJs and mixtapes. You know what I mean? Well, that, well, that itself is a dying thing, bro. I mean, uh-huh. you know, I remember back in the day when you would buy a Echo sweater or something, Echo Unlimited, back mm-hmm. in 96, you would get a free mixtape. And uh, you know, and then there you had DJ Rectangle and yeah, all this dope. shit. Yeah, man, it was it was Tony it. Touch was Tony really Touch. You know, Tony Touch was tight, homie. Pre, like I had all of Tony Touch's shit, bro. Like peacemakers. Fuck. Yep. 
But yeah, Flex no. Kids, Funk Flex. Remember when this shit first came out? Flex was tight, but he just talked too much. He talked bro. too much, homie. But his like fucking his blends and shit and his um acapellas to instrumentals was fucking. Remember that first point. one with that big pun yeah. and Fat Joe and Red Man, the Mob D to Wu Tang and fucking all. But that see, shit. that's the that's the whole thing we were talking about is back in the day compared to now is is is, is it was great back then and mm-hmm. that's why I continue doing what I'm doing because. I'm still riding on that energy, homie. You know, when hip-hop was good, man. When graffiti was good. I remember, like, like when you go driving around. Like, I remember visiting L.A. back in the day. I would visit L.A. and you would see some burners, bro. You would see some sick shit out in the corner up high, somewhere behind a billboard. Like, And it don't have to be wild. It was just some, like, it could be some straight letters done correctly with a little bit of spikiness to it right and now you know you could go like for me it seems so blam now and i'm not just speaking on la but just in graffiti and like around it's 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 you don't drive around and see shit that like you don't see coast pieces no no and 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 you don't see a lot of that where people uh i guess care about what they're doing like being in love with graffiti you know sometimes people just do and this goes with tattooing and, mm-hmm. and and anything like that. Some people just do it because it's the next best thing. Some people do graffiti because they don't know where to fit in in a social thing, man. Maybe, and, and graffiti gives them a little bit of a, a voice, you know. And 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 uh, you know, and people don't really care about it that much nowadays. Back then, you know, you had people risking it all, man, just sure. to do something proper. But that's the thing about graffiti, bombing or whatever. There's a difference. Uh, there's a difference between being noticed and being respected. Like, you could go do a bubble maybe a thousand times over everywhere. Something that's just, you know, whatever, you're noticed. You know, somebody sees you, they're like, hey, man, you're that guy? Damn, you be getting up. But when you take each spot and push it, you live forever. Like, uh, Ayer one and all of them, the, you know, him being an icon of somebody who took graffiti and and took it to the next level of, of painting on the side of bridges and, and and painting in these areas that you're on a you're on a little three inch thing painting a four or five color uh a, a piece mm-hmm. high and and <clears throat> him being you know him being gone since the late 90s nobody forgets that right you know so so you don't have a lot of that now that's what i was gonna say i'm surprised that no one has kind of ran with that because graffiti's kind of lax right now they're not really tripping too much i think we're so you think someone would be like i'm gonna start burning every like just spending that time well there is cats out there there's a lot of dudes out there the only ones i could think of and i don't know anyone by names but i think of like the billboard cats in like la they yeah do the hollywood like, they burn that shit like in, you know what i mean well, I think during the pandemic and everything, we have a lot of pandemic graffiti, and and, and uh, yeah, fuck you know during that bombers. whole shutdown, yeah, Girl we had a lot bombers. of that. But I think I think graffiti is getting back on track. I like where it's at now. You know, I uh, like how a lot of crews are rebuilding, and 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 you do see a little bit. It's definitely coming back. You see a little, yeah. No, it it is coming back, and that's good because I feed off of that shit. You know, I I don't hate on nobody trying to do their thing i just i just want people to push themselves so i could feed off that right. shit you and one thing i want to i want to say too bro is it's definitely like a two-way street man we're not we're not talking shit about the youngsters yeah. y'all need to be willing to learn <clears throat> mm-hmm. and we need to be willing to teach yeah and mm-hmm. like you know i honestly kind of say you know like y'all the youngsters y'all need to put your guard down y'all don't mm-hmm. know everything yeah yeah real talk you know what i mean the internet's not the world bro <clears throat> no you could be doing so much more and you know 
same thing with the old cats. Don't be, I know we get to be, how do you say, grumpy butt sometimes, yeah. but mm. fucking show motherfuckers some shit. Like, yeah, exactly. You know I mean? Don't be afraid to learn, both of y'all. Exactly. I try to, you know, like I say in the earlier, you know, I always try to show love and, 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 and to teach anybody that's around me or just push them. And even if I have to lead by an example or whatever, you know, but yeah, I ain't. There ain't no hating on no young kids or anything like that, man. I love even with the music too. Yeah, same, with the music, everything. The music, you know, well, just like we were saying, you know, how they don't put a lot of effort in it. They use a lot of old, uh, old samples, old even verses, like redoing somebody's verse. You know, I I would hear a song on the radio and I would think it was one song that I heard back in the day, but it's some other cat. I'm like, is this a remix or something? But nah, they're just they don't know how to create. Well, it's just well in hip hop. I think too many people are trying to reheat pizza instead of trying to cook something fresh. And I think that shit's stale, homie. And I think if you're going to give something your all, homie, push uh-huh. yourself, dog. Just like just like I was telling a young homeboy, um, I was using that whole, that, uh, uh, what is that, 8 Mile movie with Eminem. I was using that as a reference of when Eminem was on the bus uh, dissecting the, the dictionary and writing all these words that, that combine together just practicing building up his muscle memory and i was telling this homeboy that he should be doing that with his graffiti homie he should he should be having a piece of paper a little sketchbook and doing like 100 hours different hours on how you could do it even if it's your pieces or your takes but 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 having that love as like a as like a battle MC on that practice 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 yeah practice 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 and if you do that man repeatedly your muscle memory you're going to get better and 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 that's where you separated people who are in graffiti because it's the next thing or somebody that's in it because they really love it and that's the key to why i'm irrelevant and i'm going to keep doing this shit for for until my last breath is because i'm on that structure of, of pushing myself and and i don't have an ego i mean like an ego will create a learning disability on me because you don't want to try no more you feel like right. you know everything yeah, you me, think you're a top already yeah me me i just feel like i'm just getting started on some other shit you know and i'm very blessed hell yeah hey throughout your years do you have any kind of crazy chase stories running from the police doing some graffiti yeah i mean we had a few you know fucking uh you know but nothing ones that really get to that really stick out really that much i mean i remember I remember this one time uh, uh, when me, it was me, Coz, and Preach when we got chased up in LA in like 2002 or three. <coughs> and uh, <coughs> I remember getting split up. We were on the 405, and we're hitting a spot, and we were supposed to stay with the homeboy, and we couldn't get a, we couldn't get a hold of him. So we decided just to bomb and not get a hotel and bomb till the sun came up, right. and then we'll figure out what we're gonna do next. So anyway, we we're just. We just arrived in LA, couldn't get couldn't get a hold of the homeboy we were supposed to connect with, so <clears throat> we ended up bombing. And one of the spots we hit, a cop came and and shined his light, so we all split, <clears throat> and we all ran in different directions. And I'm in the back of this house. I hopped this fence. I'm in this like house business. It was like a house, like a dentist or something. <clears throat> and uh, so Coast comes up, and we're kind of like nailed down. And then for and then uh, we we just you know sat for a while. Then we just figured we just get up and just leave. And we, and we got out and we started walking in this neighborhood and we heard a bunch of whistles and we turned around and I just seen a bunch of cholo fools, bro, like like deep, homie. And I was <laughs> just like, fuck. fuck, homie. So we started running and running and, and we just ran up the block and here came preach out of nowhere, just came in his whip 
and he came right in front of us and he goes get in get in and we hopped in and we we're like fuck yeah homie this shit's tight but you know that's just uh it's always stories homie there's so many stories but that gang shit down there's real it's it's real homie like it's it's just a whole different thing man you know you ever have any um, episodes with like the cops as far as um boosting nah bro like we got away most of the time you know like 98 percent of the time and 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 uh but nah there's this time though like a couple of the um there was this time we had took a bunch of uh, Gore-Tex jackets from a from a big Gore-Tex jacket store out here or whatever, and, and uh, it was me, Preach, a couple That's other homeboys. Yeah, so it was me, Preach, and a couple other homeboys, and we walk in, and uh, we walk in separate or whatever, and uh, shit, man, this was probably like 20 years ago, and uh, uh, so I start making my stack of coats, homie. I'm getting parkas. I'm getting heated up vests. I'm getting all this. I remember... There's this little white dude with his girlfriend, and they were looking at jackets. And I remember the girl, him telling his lady, he's like, "Damn, this is nice." And she's like, "$480, get real or whatever." And I overheard it, so I went over there and I grabbed each color of that jacket and stuck it in my pile. And then Preach gave the word, so we grabbed our piles and start walking <clears throat> to the back of this store to the emergency exit. And my homeboy Ciro. He ended up having the bear mace, so he pulled it out, and we hit the door, and the alarm's going off, but the door didn't open, and then so we're fucking pushing the door, and Preacher's like, get the mace, home. and then so Homeboy had the mace out waiting for the first worker to come around that corner to the back, and by that time, the door opened. It was one of those 15-second lock things that you push the button, 15 seconds, yeah. it gets unlocked, so... We end up stepping over the homeboy Yesco, who end up, you know, falling or whatever, because we rushed the back door. We hopped in the truck. We met. We 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 picked up Preacher's car. Met up at my pad, homie, and we end up having. I think it was close to like forty-five G's and jackets. God, and my yeah. whole family, till to this day, my family's laced up in those jackets. They have every little thing because we we felt like we were Robin Hood, homie, like you know, doing that. And, uh, man, it was just so, uh, you know, it was just being in control of the situation and knowing that you could do anything you put your mind to, homie. Right. You know? Were you guys racking paint, too, or were you racking We're racking paint. Shit? Oh, we're paint. Oh, paint. Selling it to get paint. 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 No. Paint was, paint was the backbone. You know what I mean? Like, that's something we're getting paint. But all the other shit is just to have nice shit and then to make some money, too. Yeah. You know? Because half the shit I was taking was made for skinny fools. You know what I mean? And, and back then, I was a chunky motherfucker and I couldn't wear that Armani or nothing like that. It was... Their double X's are really mediums. You know for what I mean? So, so, you know, I was hustling that and, and whatnot. But, you know, a lot of people around the area, they seen what we were doing and they wanted to hop on. You know? They wanted to act like they were doing it. But we were the team doing it. Hey, half price is lovely, Oh, bro. it was all half price, Shit. homie. Half price steaks, half price Yeah, jackets, yeah. Steaks, all the... Hey, homie, we would do everything. We would... We would walk out of the grocery stores with our little carts or our little buckets full of, like, rotisserie chickens and all that shit. That's what... And it was funny, homie, because at the height of it, I remember we would be driving, dog, and Preach at the time, he would, like, pull over real quick when we're driving. He'll pull over to a Wendy's, go in the drive-thru, and he'll be thirsty, and he'll say, hey, I got a pop here, or my meal, and my pop was flat. And, you know, I'm really mad about this, blah, blah, blah. And they would give us a whole meal and a new soda. And, oh, we're sorry. And then we just keep driving off the drive-thru. And it was, like, simple. I was like, right. man, this shit's tight, homie. But it was out. It was that uh, you could do anything you want, dog. You put the your mind to gab, it. Bro, Gift the gab, bro. Gift the gab, homie. It, it, it's a real thing, dog. And just 
just your perspective on things, homie, is is you could get away with it when you put your mind to it, dog, and, and you realize that you know the real do what they want and the weak do what they can, homie. So I ain't gonna sit there and let people tell me what I could do, what I can't do, even in graffiti, homie. Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna do what I want to do. I'm gonna have my pieces look the way they want to look. You know, I'm not trying to follow what's cool in graffiti this year and what's cool with it last year and. I know one year drippy drippy halos were in and one year shadows on the bottom of your bubbles are in and and instead homie it's just like if this fool and this fool and this fool's pieces all look the same then what the fuck am i doing here for homie let these fools do graffiti i'll go fucking play golf homie or you know go raise fucking ostriches or something you know what i mean roosters like cletho yeah but you know i ain't about that homie and i'm about growing and, and 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 not following you know so yeah same shit hell yeah bro well shit man hey right on joe it's been a long it's been a good man. time homie hell yeah. do you want to drop them your instagram so they can check you out about tattooing and all that or uh, you know, well just check me out at pair underscore slayer homie and if you, you know. if you and if you have any questions about you know any tattooing or whatever just slide in my dms or whatever and you know, if you uh, if if you want to get some payerism on you, bro, like change that leg into something, homie, that that hasn't been seen before, you just hit me up, dog, and you know I'm gonna put that same energy into my tattooing that I'm that's in graffiti, homie. So, yeah, just slide in my DM or whatever, and we'll get it cracking. Hell yeah, well shit, there you have it, man. Definitely appreciate you stopping on by. We had a dope right conversation. Right on, Joey. I'll see you next well, time, homie. We're gonna do another one yeah, once a month, bro. We're gonna do a bullshit one. Yeah, for sure. Let's yeah. do that shit. All right, well shit, we're out of here. You can find us on all platforms. Later. Later. Yeah.